I'd like you to turn to Jeremiah chapter 2. Jeremiah, the second chapter. And when you, you found it, then I'd like you to just look up here for a moment. Several weeks ago, we received a very clear, distinct word from the Lord in a meeting here. And his word is always clear. And we knew it was the Lord speaking to us. And the word was this, I miss you. Let me say it again. I miss you. The Lord was saying to his body that he misses us. Do you know when you don't spend time with the Lord, he misses you? The Lord is calling us like never before to spend time with him. Some people spend more time on their mobile phones than they do with the Lord of glory. I was talking to a beautiful young man the other night. He said he realized he was spending more time hanging out with friends and talking with them rather than talking with the Lord. So I submit this word to you this morning. The Lord says, I miss you. I don't want him to miss me. I want to be there when he wants to talk to me. So, Father, thank you that you speak to your children. Thank you that you love us so much. Thank you that you want to speak to us. You want to bless us. You want to help us. And, Lord, forgive us that so many of us don't spend time with you. Help us today. Move on us today by your Spirit. Draw us into the secret place in the name of Yeshua. Amen. David McDonald, Avi, would you tell him, let's go ahead and shut the kitchen door now because all this stuff's blowing around out here. Hallelujah. This is uh, Mount Carmel air conditioning. We don't know if it's going to rain, what's going to happen, but the, but the Lord always comes. Okay, Jeremiah chapter 2, verse 13. For my people have committed two evils. They have forsaken me, the fountain of living waters, and they've hewn for themselves cisterns, broken cisterns that can hold no water. You can sense the broken heart of God in this verse. And he says, my people have turned away from me, from me, and they're working out their own plans and programs. And when you think about this, it has ever been thus. It has always been this way. Last week we heard about the Garden of Eden was really a garden of prayer where the Creator worshipped with the people He created, where they fellowshiped together and spoke to one another. And then the human race broke that relationship. They forsook the fountain of living waters and turned to their own ways. You know, a fountain of living waters is a wonderful place, but a cistern is chopped out of stone. You have to work hard at it, and it gets rainwater in it, and if you don't take care of it, it gets disease in it. We have a we have a cistern over here. We've cleaned it out a couple times, and you don't want to be around when we clean it out. But it seems like that since the history of the human race, men reject God, people reject God, and try to do things their own way, and they work very hard at it. When you work hard at something like that, the Lord's not in it. You're on your own, trying to work things out your own way. So they forsook him. When our people came out of Egypt, after the Red Sea opened, we just went through Pesach, Passover. What happened? They forsook the fountain of living waters. Within days, started complaining against God, complaining against Moses, and they began hewing cisterns for themselves. And I've been thinking a lot about this because the Lord is saying, I miss you. God forbid that we should forsake the fountain of living waters and be trying to work out our own programs, our own projects, our own ways. Now, 
Why has this happened? Why is it that human beings continually seem to forsake God and go to their own ways? And the Lord is saying to us, come into the secret place of intimacy with Yeshua, the Messiah. But we wake up in the morning, we have a cup of coffee, we get on the telephone, maybe we send the kids off to school, we haven't spoken to him, he hasn't spoken to us because we're not listening, and he misses us. And so one of the things, one of the reasons this happens, prayer, talking to God, can be difficult because you need to clean your, you need to clean your agenda and say, I'm going to go and get a hold of God. On Wednesday, the 12 men that I disciple were meeting. You know what they're doing? They're bringing me their schedules written out, their weekly schedule. And they're going to share with us about their prayer life. I would suggest all of us should do this. If you don't have a place of prayer that you've set aside and you don't have times that you pray, you'll start ending up forsaking the fountain of living waters and doing things on your own. Part of it is spiritual laziness. I know all about that. When I first became a believer, I loved to study the Word of God. And I was in a great congregation in Times Square, and those messages, I took notes on every message. I have those old notebooks in my prayer closet. And the Word of God was working in me, and I was thrilled about the power of the Word of God. And I loved studying. I was an academic before God got a hold of me. I was a professor. So studying was no problem to me, but prayer was. One night I was in an all-night prayer meeting, and I thought, I'm going to pray all night? Start at 9 o'clock at night and go to 7 in the morning? Or So I said, okay. So we're with these people. People are praying. Somebody's laying on the floor crying. Somebody's just sitting there waiting on the Lord. So I start praying. I'm new at it. I pray for my brother. I pray for my sister. And I go, hallelujah, this is great. And I looked at my watch, and 15 seconds had gone by. And I'm looking at everybody praying. I wonder what I do next. So I prayed for New York City. I prayed for the government. And a minute had gone by. And I went, this is going to be a long night. And I, and I was saying, I don't get it. If God's going to do, if he's sovereign, why do we pray anyway? I was arguing with him. So you know what I, what I did? I just started reading the Bible. So I read the Bible. I think I fell asleep. But I didn't know how to pray. And so I've asked the Lord over the years, how do you pray? When the disciples were following Yeshua, he was praying all the time. He's up on a mountain praying. He's on the beach praying long before daybreak. Sometimes he prayed all night. Now, these people knew the word. Peter knew the word. He went to the Beit Knesset. He, knew the, he went to the synagogue. Yochanan John went to the synagogue. But they, they watched him. And they'd never seen anybody pray like that. He was in communion with his Abba all the time. So finally, one day, they went to him. They didn't say, teach me to preach. They didn't say, teach me to heal people. They didn't say, teach me to be a prophet. They said this, teach me to pray. And he taught them. Tuesday night, I had a wonderful time teaching the new believers class at House of Victory at Beit Nitzchon. And I taught on Luke 11, which is Yeshua's great teaching on teaching on prayer. And I was trying to help people learn to pray. I'm trying to help me to learn to pray better, too. And, and uh, he tells the story of a man and a friend visits him at midnight, and he's the Middle East, and you have to be hospitable and give bread to them. He didn't have any bread. So he, he pounds on his neighbor's door at midnight and starts yelling up to him, give me some bread. A friend came, and the friend yelled, I'm asleep. My kids are in bed. Leave me alone. 
first of all, we wouldn't have had the guts to even, or the boldness to even go over there and knock on the door. If you needed bread for your neighbor, would you knock on the door at midnight and go ask him for some bread? The man keeps pounding, and finally God, the man is throwing loaves of bread. It looked like a bakery. All this bread was coming out to him. And so the Lord, when he's teaching us to pray, says, come to me. I miss you. I have bread for you. But if you don't come to me, you won't have a bakery. You won't have pita. You won't have the things that you need. So it, the, the key is this. We need a revelation of who he is because he's a loving father who's saying, please come to me so I can help you. But we, we turn away from the fountain of living waters and start hewing out works and plans and ideas for ourselves, and we get in trouble. Turn to Isaiah chapter 54. Who is this who's saying, I miss you? Isaiah 54, chapter 54, verse Chamesh, 5. Here's who he is. Your maker is your husband. Let me say it again. Your creator is your husband. Your creator is your husband. This is deep. He's your husband. He wants to be married to you. If you're a wife and you don't spend time with your husband, or single, uh, unmarried people, your maker is your husband. For teenagers, he's calling us into this incredible place of union with the Messiah, his son. He's your husband. What is his name? Adonai Sevaot, the Lord of armies. That's who you're married to. And if you're his husband and you're married to him, how can we forsake the fountain of living waters and turn to some, something else? He says, and your Redeemer is the Holy One of Israel. He is called the God of the whole earth. Now, the Lord has called you, verse 6, like a woman forsaken and grieved in spirit. He, he, he has been so hurt, and he's calling us, I miss you, I miss you, I miss you. Let's talk, turn to Shir Shirim, the Song of Songs. Song of Solomon. Can you close the door over there, please? We're, we, our Bibles are blowing off the stand here. Revela uh, uh, Song of Songs, chapter 2, verse 8. Here's the bride talking to the bridegroom. The ancient Hebrew scholars for centuries have always said, this is a, is a book about the Messiah coming for his people. And it is, because we know he's the bridegroom and we're called to be the bride. Amen? And look, look at verse 8. The bride answers, the voice of my beloved, behold, he comes leaping upon the mountains, skipping upon the hills. I came home from a, a prayer time yesterday morning, and I had such a wonderful time with the Lord out on the mountain in a place where I go and pray. And I came in and I said, Karen, you know that the Lord is skipping on the mountain? Do you know, do you know that the Lord is leaping on the mountains because somebody's spending time with him? He'll skip to you. He'll leap to you. <laughs> what a picture. You go and get alone with the Lord, and he comes running to you because you've said, I don't want you to miss me. And this is how real prayer begins. It's a love affair. The Song of Songs is a duet. All of you Russian people, uh, from, uh, Russian speakers know what a duet is, when a man and a woman sing in an opera. It's a duet. She comes and says, where are you? And he says, I'm leaping over the mountains. If you want to go deeper in prayer, you need to have a pulse of love for the Lord. Then you won't be running around trying to hew cisterns that don't hold any water. You'll hear his voice. You'll hear his face. You'll have his heart. You'll get his desires. Let's look at this again. 
chapter 2, verse 8, he comes skipping to the beloved. <laughs> and look what it says, verse 9. My beloved is like a gazelle or a young stag. Behold, he stands behind our wall, and he's looking through the windows, gazing through the lattice. You know what a lattice is? We have one over there. You know, you put vines on it, and they grow on it, and it, you can look through it. The Lord comes running and leaping and skipping to the bride and is looking in through the window, wanting to have communion with the bride. That's, that's what the Lord is doing. That's what he's saying to us right now. And he's saying, I miss you. I am taking the initiative here. I'm coming looking for you. So he looks through the bride. And then he says this. This is the Messiah. This is the bridegroom speaking to the bride, and that's us. Eventually, it's going to be our whole nation. Hallelujah. She heard his voice. You need to hear his voice only. And he says, rise up, my fair one. You are beautiful to me. I know there are people in here that you've never felt that the Lord would say to you that you're beautiful. Let me tell you a secret. You are an unrepeatable miracle. Gidon Shmuel, there will never be another Gidon Shmuel. He made you the way he wants you. He loves you. He wants to spend time with you. I'm blessed when I've seen you up there in the prayer room. Hallelujah. I'm blessed. Our 10 days of fasting, Gidon was there seeking the Lord, and the Lord was answering his prayers. But when you spend time with the Lord, he'll tell you, you're beautiful to me. All I want is, is communion with you. And you will experience the love of God that was being touching people here a few minutes ago. I can't tell you how many people I've met in travels or here in the land where they'll say at a, at a time of ministry, I've never experienced God's love. If you will hear the word of the Lord that he is missing you and you start to walk in his ways by spending time with him, you will know the love of God. Now look what he says. The flowers, verse, verse, let's go to verse 11. Lo, the winter is past, the rain is over and gone, the flowers appear in the earth. The time of singing has come. The voice of the dove is heard in our land. When you hear the, the Lord saying, I miss you, and you come apart into your prayer closet or whatever place you've set apart to spend time with him, you start ministering to him, talking to him, listening to him, the time of singing will come. You'll start singing. Hallelujah. This morning, the enemy was attacking me, my health. So I called some intercessors. They were praying for me. So I, I was going to go out on a, and, and spend time praying out on the mountain early this morning. So I told Karen, I'm just going to lay here and meditate on him. And the Lord's going to heal me. And he did. So she's, she's in her prayer closet. Our apartment's not that big, so I could hear her singing in there. You know what happened? He was like an eruption of a fountain. I'm laying there praying, and I said, my wife just got a new song. It was like bubbling up. So she comes walking through the bedroom to go to her keyboard. And I said, you just got a new song, didn't you? She had a little tear in her eye. And she said, yeah. And she went to the keyboard and started playing it. Listen, if she hadn't gone to the fountain of living waters, that wouldn't happen. Yeshua said, when you pray, not if you pray, go into your closet. Shut the door. That's where it starts. Turn off the fax machine. Turn off the answer phone. And seek your father who's in the secret place, and he will reward you openly. He misses you. He misses us. Now, look what he says. And you'll start singing in the spirit. You'll have a song in your heart. And he says again, rise up, my fair, fair one, and come away. In the Hebrew, it means you yourself alone. He speaks specifically to you. He's telling you he wants to take you to a place you've never been. 
He wants you to rise up with eagle's wings so that you will run and not be weary and you will walk and not faint. And I never understood that till recently. I used to say, why did he say run first and then walk? Well, at my age, I now understand it. You know, I used to train for the New York Marathon. I can't do that anymore. So I walk and I pray and I don't faint. Hallelujah. But the Lord says, rise up and come away and let me take you to a place with me you've never, ever, ever been before. I'll give you a new song. I'll give you a new revelation of who I am. He's the Lord of the whole earth, and he's your husband. He's your maker. Now look what he says. Verse 16. My beloved is mine, and I am his. He feeds among the lilies. The Lord wants us to be lilies, not thorns. Little foxes come in and try to wreck everything. He doesn't want us to, you don't want to get rid of those things. Little foxes are distractions. You will, the enemy will try to give you every excuse there is not to pray. But if you fall in love with the Lord and realize he's your bridegroom and that the maker of the universe is your husband, you'll run to him out of love. Now look at verse 17. He's talking about going out on the mountains of Bater. Yeah, Heredi Bater. The mountains of Bater. You know what it means? The mountain of separation. I call my prayer place where I go out on the mountain. I tell Karen, I'm going to the mountain of separation. To separate yourself from the things of the Lord and be consecrated to him. You know, this is the mountain of separation. This is where the spirit of the Lord spoke to Elijah. Choose you this day whom you'll serve. This is the mountain of decision. This is the mountain where the Lord says, why are you limping between two opinions? If I'm the Lord, come on, let's go. If your maker is your husband, how could we possibly not spend time with them? Sometimes I think it's fear. You're afraid of what the Lord would say to you. You know what? In a few minutes, I think the Lord wants to, to um, deliver you from that, to set you free from any fears you might have of him. Let's go on and look at this for a moment. Chapter 4, verse 2. Behold, you are fair, my love. You're beautiful, he says. Behold, you're fair. You have dove's eyes behind your veil. I don't know a whole lot about doves, but I know what they are when I see them. And many years ago when we lived in Jerusalem, two doves came on our mirpesset in Jerusalem and, and mated and had, a, had an egg. So I would watch these doves. And I'll tell you something about doves. They only have eyes for each other. Now, people that study these things say that they mate, and they're only birds that do that. I don't know if that's true. But the Lord was speaking to me that I'm supposed to have dove's eyes only for him. The Lord called us up to this mountain. And the day before we moved from Jerusalem to Haifa, you know what happened? That little egg opened. That little, that little dove came out, and he's, he grew up. And the day before we left, that dove flew away. And I knew the Lord was speaking to us. Go to Mount Carmel, but have dove's eyes for him. You know that he longs to look in your eyes? You think I'm making that up? You know what he says here? With one look of your eyes, you have ravished my heart. In Hebrew, it means your heart's, his heart starts beating faster. He says it twice. With one look of your eyes. So there's the father waiting for you. The bridegroom is waiting for you. The father is getting ready to be a proud father when his son marries his bride. Hello, what kind of father is that going to be? And he says, if you'll only look at me once, it excites me. If we knew this, if we understood this, if we believed it, we would run to our prayer time. May, maybe we'd be doing the leaping and the skipping and not him. 
Sometimes this wonderful place I have to, I am doing some leaping and skipping and dancing as the Holy Spirit leads me. You've ravished my heart with one look of your eyes. Now I'm about to embarrass my wife, but I believe it's the Holy Spirit, Karen. The first time I sat with her in a restaurant, I know some of you have read about it in my book and know all about Mother Jackson and all that, but I looked at her eyes. She was in love with Yeshua, and she was telling me about the Song of Songs in a restaurant. And the Holy Spirit said, this is your wife. Now, she's, she's smarter than I am and deeper in the spirit. Two weeks earlier, she already knew it, but I didn't know it. And when I said, took her back to her apartment and said, could I see you again? She said, that would be nice. I said, how about tomorrow night? She said, okay. So she went in, said goodnight. I started walking toward the subway. You know what I did? I started skipping. Hallelujah. I went, I just met the woman I'm going to marry. Hallelujah. But think of the Lord. When you come to him, and he goes, wow, here comes Janet. Janet's hungry for more of me. She drives all the way from Carmiel to come over here and get in the presence of the Spirit. Hallelujah. But she needs a private prayer time, too, and I'm sure you're working on it. Praise the Lord. Pam Singer, her husband, went to be with the Lord a couple years ago. A wonderful man. You should, the testimonies of how Bert encouraged everybody, from young little kids to oh, the oldest man in Jerusalem was there, I think. And the Lord has given her a new CD, new songs about great grace. And she found it in the secret, in the secret place. You will find what you need in intimacy with Yeshua. I ask the Holy Spirit right now to begin to stir love in your heart. Love for him. Now go to chapter 4, verse 12. A garden enclosed is my sister, my wife. Do you know that the, the Lord says to you, you're to be my garden. Nothing can get in there but just wonderful smelling flowers. He says, verse 15, a fountain of garden, gardens, a well of living waters, and streams from Lebanon. The Lord says, we forsake the fountain of living waters. Now he turns around and says, you're to be a fountain of living waters. We need to get filled up with the living waters of his spirit and his love. Why? We're the conduits to take it to the people of our nation. But you will never be a fountain of, of living waters unless you spend time soaking at the fountain of the living waters at the feet of Yeshua. He'll heal you. He will, he will bind up your broken or whatever wounds or whatever anyone's doing to you, has done to you. Your maker is your husband. Look at Look at verse 16. On this mountain, we're called to be a garden in bridal love for the Messiah, Yeshua. And he says, or she says, Awake, north wind, and come, O south. Blow upon my garden that the spices may flow out. Let my beloved come to his garden. The Holy Spirit wants to blow, like this wind is blowing here, across the garden of these beautiful lilies who have the fragrance of Messiah and take it out to our nation. Look at chapter 7, verse 10. I am my beloved's, and his desire is toward me. Let me say it again. If you want a vibrant, living prayer life, and I know many of you do because you come and say, how do I get into this secret place? I'm looking at faces around here, and just in the last week, I see several people that say, I want more intimacy with the Lord. How do I do it? Let me show you something. His desire is toward you. First of all, you need to know that. He'll come leaping to you. His desire is for you. Now look at verse, uh, chapter 8, verse 4, the second half of verse 4. 
Do not stir up nor awaken love until it pleases. The Lord gave me this this morning. This is the time for each of us to stir up love. It's now to stir up love for him. To ask the Lord to help you. Desire him the way he desires you. If God will do that in you today, and you go back to your home, and you say, now I see who he is, and he's saying, I miss you, you will run to him. God will stir up love in you. He will do a new thing in you. You'll hear his voice. You'll walk into your call. You'll walk into your destiny. But it all depends on us. Will we spend more time with him than we do with our television set? Even with our friends. You know, when my kids were growing up, before, before my older boy was a believer, the Holy Spirit fell on him right there. I'll never forget it. Hallelujah. He would come in at midnight, and I would say, what were you doing? And this was a phrase we didn't have when I was a teenager. He would say, I was hanging out. You know, hanging out. Just hanging out with people. Somebody says to me, it's hard for me to pray because I'm a people person. Look, that's an excuse. Yeah, be a people person. Love people, but love him first. And hanging out or just talking or we used to call it beating our gums or something like that is robbing you from your time with the Lord and it's spiritual laziness. So ask the Lord to help you with it. Listen, if you get in the secret place and God keeps transforming your character, then when he tells you to hang out with somebody, they'll get blessed because you'll have the word of the Lord for them. It won't, it won't just be opinions. It will be the clear word of the Lord. Verse 6, chapter 8, verse 6. Set me as a seal upon your heart, as a seal upon your arm. Love is as strong as death, jealous as cr and cruel as the grave. Its flames are flames of fire, a most vehement flame. He's jealous for us. His jealousy is a fire. His name is jealous. Did you know that? One of his names, Elkanah, that's one of his names. It means he burns in jealousy to spend time with you. He's, 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 he's burning with zeal to spend time with you. And I believe the Lord wants to send a baptism of fire. He's, John the Baptist said, I'm not even, you know, I, I can't even tie his shoelaces. He's going to baptize us with the Holy Spirit and fire. But it's the cleansing fire of his love that he wants to pe set people free. He wants to break bondages. He wants to change mindsets. He wants you to know that you're being called into the Garden of Spices Hallelujah. I was in a garden in Brazil, where a prayer garden. In fact, I see two of the ladies that run that prayer. I didn't know you were going to be here today. Hallelujah. And the, the, these sisters are out there in the garden with the Lord when you go to that place. Hallelujah. But God wants to, to lure you into the secret place of love. Now, there's a song that I sing sometimes. Many of you probably know it. I think it's called Above All. And it goes like this. I'm not going to sing it. I'll just say the words. It's about who he is. You see, if we have this fresh revelation of who he is, we'll run to be with him. And it goes like this. Above all powers, that's him. He's, he's above all powers, above all kings, above all nature and all created things. He created them anyway. Above all wisdom and all the ways of man. You were here before the world began. That's who he is. And the creator of the universe not just this planet, there are universes out, stars and planets. He created it. It was all created by him. He created you to be part of his family. And so I love to sing this song sometimes. And then it changes, and it says, crucified. Do you ever meditate on the crucifixion? It's overwhelming. Crucified, laid behind a stone. 
You lived to die. That's why he came. He lived to die for you and me, that we might have fellowship with him, rejected and alone, like a rose trampled on the ground. You took the fall and thought of me above all. That's who he is. Yesterday, I, I bought the most beautiful rose I could find because I had been singing that song early in the morning out on the mountain of separation. Crucified, laid behind a stone. You lived to die, rejected and alone, like a rose trampled on the ground. Now, I bring my wife roses. There's a certain color she likes. I always bring those color, that color. Can you imagine if I brought her a rose and she threw it on the ground and trampled on it? He's a well of living waters, and we forsake him and go and hew cisterns of our own ways that won't hold any water. The Lord is saying to us, I miss you. That's what we do. I was crushed by your adulterous heart, he said. He misses us. We heard him, and he ever lives to make intercession of us. He's praying for you right now. The Lord wants to deliver us from the sin of prayerlessness. My house shall be called a house of prayer for all. He came to Jerusalem. They weren't praying. They were doing a lot of other stuff, and he threw it all out. And then he healed the sick, and then the children started singing, Hoshana, Hoshana. The Holy Spirit came on the children. The Lord is calling us to the secret place. Don't crush him. Don't hurt him. Love him. Run to him. Receive his love. Let's bow our heads. If you want to get on your knees where you are, or if you want to come up here and you want to tell the Lord, I hear you. You miss me. Forgive me. I don't want to hurt you anymore. I want you to stir up love in me. If that's you, just maybe you want to get on your knees or maybe you can't because of some infirmity. You just uh, sit where you are. The rest of us, would we stand up, please? If you have a blockage to prayer, if anything that I've said has hit the mark in your heart and you know you need to be set free, then you can. You come up here, and he came to set the captives free. Whatever has kept you from prayer, I mean private, personal, deep prayer, whether it's excuses, whether it's being busy, whatever it is, whether it's maybe you haven't understood prayer and you got a little glimmer today, it's just about loving him, and you're desperate for help with your prayer life, then you just come up, and we're going to believe God's going to break bondages. He is the bondage breaker. Hallelujah. Let's wait on the Lord. Crucified, laid behind the stone, you live to die, rejected and alone, like a rose trampled on the ground. You took the fall and thought of me above all. Thank you, Lord, for the crucifixion you went through that we might have dove's eyes for you. You're the rose of Sharon. You're the lily of the valley. You're the bright and morning star. You're the one who's altogether lovely. You're the Messiah of Israel. You're the Messiah of the whole world. You're the Redeemer. You're the Holy One. We thank you that our Maker is our husband. Hallelujah. Quietly, let me just pray this prayer over you. Lord, Ignite each heart with the fire of your holy jealousy. I ask for an immersion of fire that will burn up every trace of sin and let your light and glory in. I ask for a miracle 
Lord, there are people here that have been praying for decades, and you want to you take us deeper, further into your presence in the secret place. I pray for each one, Lord. You see their hearts. Set them on fire for you. I take authority over the enemy. I bind doubt and unbelief in the name of the Lord Yeshua. We release faith. Lord, release faith. Lord, speak to us. Peter, Peter. David, David. John, John. Miriam, Miriam. I prayed for you that your faith would not fail. But when, you, when you've returned to me, then you shall help your brethren. Lord, we love all these people. We thank you for our community. We thank you for our visitors. But your love never fails. I take authority over fear of people going into the secret place. Perfect love casts out fear. He did not give you a spirit of fear, but of love, power, and a sound mind. We cast it away from you. Lord, I ask you tonight and tomorrow some people would start skipping and leaping to meet the bridegroom who's leaping and skipping over the mountains to them. Lord, lift burdens today. I pray that as people get into the secret place, as people seek your face and not your hand, that with one look of your eye, not only will you be ravished, but we'll be ravished. Thank you, Lord, that your community is called to be a house of love. Let's pray this prayer together. We can do this in different languages. If you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart, things happen. <laughs> Father, call him Abba. Father, I believe that you are my maker and you're my husband. I thank you for Yeshua. Yeshua, thank you for dying for me. I receive your love. Thank you for your spirit. Give me more of your spirit. Forgive all of my sins. Take my laziness and release in me a stirring up of the fire of your love. Lord, seal these prayers. Seal them, Lord. Thank you, Lord. My friends, some people's prayer lives are going to change. And you're going to change. It's the place of transformation. Amen.